welcome to the latest podcast from the Recruitment and Employment Confederation. We're bringing you the latest updates and insights from the world of recruitment to help you navigate these challenging times. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the latest edition of the REC podcast, Talking Recruitment, with me, Neil Carberry, the Chief Executive of the REC. In this series of podcasts, we're exploring different aspects of the recruitment and staffing industry as we go through this unprecedented time and adapt to uh, what will be a new normal as the lockdown ends and business activity starts to resume. Over the last few episodes, we've uh, explored all sorts of aspects of how recruiters are adapting and what they are exploring and trying to understand as things move on from the government support packages like C-bills through to the path to recovery and its effect on our jobs market in our recent episode with Torsten Bell, episode 15 but also thinking about recruitment leaders and how they're adapting. Uh, Episode 14 with Bev White from Harvey Nash and Jeremy McGrail from the staffing groups, a great listen on on that. But for today, I'm delighted that we're joined by Didi Doak, who's the editor of Recruiter Magazine, the industry's uh, favourite publication. A great opportunity, I think, for Didi and I just to explore what's going on in the market, what what we're seeing, and maybe talk a little bit about the path ahead, because there's a real sense of an inflection point as we start to move to unwinding the lockdown and thinking about how our businesses come back from what has been a really robust supply constraint. Didi, when you look across the industry from the from your seat as editor of Recruiter, what are the things that have really stood out for you over the last couple of months in the industry? Well, Neil, as you and I discussed just oh, a couple of weeks ago, one of the most exciting and warming things has been a, a view of the industry coming together in many senses to do good for both the industry and for the wider world. You know, an example of that are the giant three of Randstad, Adeco, and Manpower coming together to produce that guide uh, for going back to work. There's been a sense of camaraderie, helping agencies do each other's projects. I know that on one volunteer recruitment effort, there was a job board involved in helping to promote the drive for volunteers. There are examples all over, but I think that is very, very exciting. Um, Other things that we've seen, I think we've seen some recruiters innovate out there. You know, the old adage, if you can't, if you get a lot of lemons, make lemonade. I think there are recruiters doing that, perhaps using uh, volunteerism to reach out to different groups. And maybe after this is all over, they'll be able to build a greater client base even than that. I'm not trying to make it sound as though everyone's got an agenda with this, but I do think that uh, in times of, of great stress, when people are innovating, often for the greater good, it can lead to good for that individual business as well going forward. There is some panic we're seeing um, in the industry. There are some recruiters who have been talking with us who are very concerned that some of the suppliers out there are not being 
shall we say, as sensitive as they might be to some of the cash flow issues that are, are coming up. That's disappointing, but you never know what will happen by the end of it. Thanks, Didi. That's certainly a picture that I recognise from talking to REC members around the country. If you think about that uh, piece on people working together, it's certainly the case that the industry's had a, a clearer platform with government and uh, and in the media in the last few months. And, so, uh, and there's been lots of cooperation, both amongst REC members, but also in terms of us working with other voices across the industry to get the package of support that's been put in place landed. The innovation point, I think, is absolutely right. Um, we know that uh, the the recruiters who come out of this are uh, going to be the ones who have embedded really deep client relationships through this period, uh, who are able to um, adapt what they do to what their clients will need, not what they've always needed in the past. Um, and some of that is about deepening your understanding of how the market you've always supplied changes. And some of it's about what we can uh, we can do that is new. In fact, I've just on the day we're recording this, had a call with a recruitment business leader who's moving into supplying skills and, and equipment around a business area that wouldn't have existed before the COVID-19 outbreak. And I'll just echo your feedback on suppliers. I mean, you know, Didi, that I wrote to a number of chief execs of uh, the major supplier businesses on the back of some of our work uh, probably four to six weeks ago now. And the REC has been very clear with all those businesses that, uh, you know, we've had a great 10 years in uh, recruitment and staffing here in the UK. The industry's grown hugely over the, the decades since the uh, great financial crisis. Suppliers to the sector have benefited from that in a really fundamental way. They've done very well, as we've done. We've all done very well in the sector. But uh, you're going to people working together. Your first theme: those those businesses need to work with us now if they're going to get the sector across the bridge and and benefit again from strong growth in the sector in the years to come. I mean, I remain, as you know, a fundamental optimist about the sector and the value we can generate, I think, more than ever as the industry and the labour market reshapes. Uh, recruiters are going to be central to all of that. At the REC, we're thinking about how we help resolve unemployment and how we put, uh, we uh, marshal the, indus the industry to really help with, with that. We're doing some some work now with a wide coalition of other uh, other organisations to look at what more we can do. But it's also about uh, making sure that we're helping clients reach a different place in what they're doing because they're under pressure and understanding client needs and understanding the labour market and really being specialists, I think, is going to be hugely important for recruiters going forward. Just thinking about that, Didi, and setting it into some context for the magazine, recruiters very widely read because, of course, of its top-notch content. Um, <laughs> where are you seeing interest amongst recruiters now in terms of the different uh, work that you're doing? And how are you, you know, how's the magazine almost changing to uh, reflect the times? That's a really, really interesting one. Well, first of all, let me say that in a crisis like this, you look around for what can you do 
to contribute to making the crisis less bad for people, uh, to make things better? What can you do? Well, in this instance, I have found for right now that the best thing that we can do is to provide our readers and new readers, old readers, etc., with information that they need. Uh, we have found our the demand for news really skyrocketing ever since March. I mean, this community is one that acts on current issues, but this time it's, you know, just gone out the roof. And so we have an obligation to provide the timeliest, most accurate, um, most well-rounded information that we can provide. And uh, it's interesting, there's one particular subject that people are coming to us for who they are not in our sector, but they're looking for a certain kind of job. And it's a story we've been chasing for a few weeks now uh, with, sadly, uh, no help from the government in getting questions answered. And so we have these non-readers coming to us and saying, can you help us? What do you know? That's always a, a very interesting thing to, to see. I think that also when this is I don't know that it will ever be all said and done, but when we move out of the immediate crisis, I think that there will be changes, for instance, to our awards. I think that we may, you know, while we will still value many of the same points and achievements that we always have, but I think we're also going to be looking uh, for some deeper values connected as well. But uh, to try to be uh, brief, I would say providing the timeliest, the best, the most accurate, the most readable news we can is the biggest service that we can give the industry at this time. You know, there's a lot of similarity there with how I approach the REC, DD, and and that's why it's good that we've uh, recently renewed our partnership for uh, with uh, Recruiter to work together and supply the the REC's uh, regular monthly update via via Recruiter and in terms of recruitment matters. That piece about purpose and about valuing what we do. Someone commented. I did a, a webinar. Uh, with Hisham uh, recently talking about the sector and you know I use a stat that I often use uh, which is you know a million tents on site every day and a million people into new permanent roles every every year and it got a really positive reaction from one or two people and because you know we, we're often not as proud as we should be about what we achieve but you know I start from the principle and it's why we talk at the REC about making great work happen that we help companies grow and we find people new futures and you know at the REC we exist to help recruiters succeed uh, you uh, recruiter help those businesses find their way with the news that they need um, but we want to do it because it fundamentally helps Britain succeed and increasingly as we looked at what we should be doing as an organization the interests of supporting rec members and the interests of supporting the economic recovery they align really really strongly so one of the things that that we've been thinking 
a lot about and you know we've just uh launched a new um uh our new website you know if you go on there there's a four job seekers section because we want to help people find the right recruitment business who's who can help them and we'll continue to invest in that because from an rec perspective we want the industry to be seen as that really high value professional service that's contributing a lot to the growth of the the british economy you know if i think there's one big change that i want to see come out of this it's that change in the public and government and media understanding of what recruitment is and what it does what about you dd what's the um is there one or two big changes that you see coming down the track talking to recruiters every day as you do that are worth people thinking about one of the things that i think is coming down the pike and it affects recruiters but it it will involve the the entire hr ecosystem if you will and a a few other um, interested parties outside. I think that with, for instance, Virgin Atlantic flight crew, having gotten out of their flight gear and gone to help, uh, you know, with basic jobs and so forth in the hospitals, um, you know, where the medical people need people who know a little something about first aid, et cetera. I think that that has an opportunity, that approach, to become much more embedded in the British workspace. What I'm talking about there is a new focus, not only on internal recruitment, but I'm talking about the transferable skills. I'm talking about a broader look at that as people you know, perhaps decide they want more meaning in their life and they're going to do a different job, or there's no need for their skills anymore and they need to take what they have from them to a different industry. I think that is really going to uh, increase in importance and significance. You're already seeing it to a certain extent in uh, at places like Ford. Um, I was reading the other day about how a car factory of Ford in Dagenham, I think, is now making ventilation equipment for uh, the NHS and so forth. So I think that not only industries are going to change gear and change focus on what they do, but they will take their people with them, retrain them, redeploy them. And I think this is the most exciting thing that will come out of this. You know, I think that's absolutely right, Didi. And um, we've talked for years about this concept of labour market transitions, which, you know, is a posh way of talking about changing job. Uh, but actually, it's about changing job from one final thing to something a bit different or even fundamentally different. And the truth is that we are, have not traditionally been really good at supporting people to transition out of sectors which are shrinking and into sectors which are growing. Um, And we're going to need to get good and get good quickly because the technology cycles that we face in businesses are much shorter now. In some ways, you know, it's very difficult to see silver linings from all of this because of the horrific impact it's had. But, you know, if I think back to the general election campaign, we were talking a lot about the national retraining scheme, which I, when I was at the CBI, had something to do with the first stages of. 
but it's very, very subscale by comparison with what we need to do. And um, the kind of work that we're doing now with people like the Learning and Work Institute and the Association of Colleges and the Institute for Employment Studies is actually about saying, hang on, there's a much more fundamental suite of things that need to happen here, which are partially about skills and skills investment. And I'm really interested in how much potential there is for the industry and being part of the solution on that. And it's partially just about labour market information and helping people make good decisions where pretty clearly there's a huge role for recruiters. So, you know, even just thinking about the, the priorities of the REC over the coming months, we're probably beginning to switch from the short term business support focus that we've had since uh, March into thinking about well how do we recover and what how do we help the industry to make the best of the opportunities it has to support people at this time because as you were saying earlier there's potential new business there from doing the right thing over the long term it's going to be interesting to see how that develops uh, i was looking at the research that the resolution foundation published on the uh, 16th of may which uh, was in hand when we spoke to torsten bell on, on this podcast but hadn't yet been published and I think there's two big takeaways there one is I think by comparison to the public's expectation in terms of the level of support government would put in place the furlough scheme is much much bigger you're talking north of uh, seven and a half million people but it, it pretty clearly has been made available to lots of people who are working through agencies as well as people who are working in other ways but now we need to start having a debate about well how do we normalize and that's going to be a big a, a big challenge uh, because so many companies will not just be able to bring everybody back instantly and assume that uh, and assume that demand will just be there you know this is not necessarily the kind of field of dreams builder and they will will come such a scenario to which end there will be some form of unemployment challenge and why not us to to help sort it out a really interesting debate to work on over the next few months and i'll look forward to working with you in the magazine on you know what we can do as an industry but as we go into that period Didi, is there perhaps one or two observations that you'd want to leave our listeners with after all our listeners are very likely to be your readers <laughs> well in terms of thoughts and going back for a moment to the, the redeployment of skills I have to admit that this thinking is based on some work that I've been doing over the years uh, with BSI and ISO in the arena of sustainable employability. And I think that recruiters have the chance to get the march on the government in terms of starting to build banks of candidates, if you will, or companies even that do particular things so that when there is a new industry available, when there some company is changing gears, that recruiters know where they can draw on those particular banks of talent. And that is an opportunity I think they should seize during what may be a rather fallow period for some of them. Looking forward, it is absolutely stunning the number of industries, the very number of individual, separate, unconnected industries that are being affected 
by uh, the COVID lockdown. And while the lockdown is necessary and we should be locked down for as long as we need to be, I think it's it's stunning is the only word I can think of to use and not in a necessarily good sense to see all of the people out there who have had this life-changing situation, even if they have not had the illness. And I think recruiters need to do a lot of close observing, a lot of listening, and a lot of really getting out there and immersing themselves, not only in their clients, but in their communities to find out what is needed and find their niche to help do it. Over the last 12 months or so, I've increasingly been exploring with kind of my network of um, HR directors and people that I've worked with, both at the REC and the CBI, this almost counterpoint of chief execs who say talent is their biggest issue in British business and HR teams that are struggling to address that. And I think so much of it is about not treating people and how we manage and engage our people and how we bring them on board with the same level of oversight from the line rather than HR um, that we do other bits of our businesses supply chain. So that that idea of taking really good advice about uh, around uh, component supply chain, very few uh, chief execs would uh, bat an eyelid at that. Why shouldn't they have be taking really good strategic advice about the shape of the local labour markets where they operate, what they need to they'll be able to recruit versus what they'll need to be able to build through their school, their apprenticeship program or their or their uh, later career training program and what fundamentally where they might need to go to a different part of the country or or set up some provision themselves to to meet that kind of advisory piece um, if recruiters can get it right is going to be a huge boon so I, I absolutely welcome that as a as a focus I think it's there's a real chance in all of this for us to come out as the industry that we all know we've always been uh, but helping people to see that more and more Didi that's that's really good insight and I want to uh, finish just by saying thank you for joining us this afternoon. Well, thank you so much for having me. This has not only been uh, informative, but it's been great fun. And I look forward to working with you in the months to come about bringing this to life. Thank you, Dee Dee. A real pleasure to have you on the pod this afternoon. Just a reminder, you can find a whole range of talking recruitment podcasts on the REC's uh a uh, sp- brand spanking new website. Uh, lots to choose from there. Uh, called out a few at the top of the pod that might be worth uh, worth a look. But you know, browse and uh, and take you the the choice, whatever takes your fancy. We'll be back soon with another episode of the podcast. And until then, stay safe and stay in touch. Thank you for listening. We hope you found this episode helpful. Head to our COVID-19 hub on www.rec.uk.com forward slash COVID-19 for the latest guidance on managing your business during these unprecedented times.